Coming up at 2 o'clock our time today, it is Federal Budget Day. And we'll find out exactly what the government has planned. Uh, we've already got some details that we talked through before, but um, they're putting this budget together in what are some pretty different circumstances than anything they've gone through before. Not to say that they haven't gone through extraordinary times before, of course, with COVID and the pandemic and all those sorts of things. That was an interesting time as well. But things are different now because, as you know, I mean, there, there's a report out this morning, I think it's from Deloitte, saying we might be looking at... Uh, a mild recession in Canada. So those, you know, those fears are, are still out there. So how does that affect how you plan if you're the federal government? We're going to chat with Mark uh, Desormeau, who is principal economist at the of uh, Canadian economics at Desjardins. Mark, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about that, this new report that we might be seeing um, a recession and GDP could slow by as much as a half of a point. What does that do when you're planning a, a federal budget? How does that influence the decisions they're trying to make today? With Desjardins economic studies, we've been forecasting a recession in Canada this year for a few quarters now. Yeah. We're one of the shops that is saying that that will happen. And in that context, we think that the federal government would be wise to err on the side of keeping new spending to a minimum given the uncertainty around the economic outlook at the current moment. Um, now, when we talk about that in terms of where you want to keep it, what, we always hear the, the phrase um, debt to GDP, debt to GDP. That's what it is. It's not necessarily the deficit. It's not necessarily it's the debt. It's where is your debt to GDP ratio. Can you break that down for us? What does that mean? So the debt to GDP ratio is one fiscal anchor that governments around the world use to try and assess the sustainability of its of their financial positions. It looks at the net jet debt as a share of the economy, and, and that's a means to look at, at financial sustainability. So what you try to do is keep it on a downward trending path, your debt-to-GDP ratio. And what our research has shown, we actually put out a preview a number of days ago, all it would take for us to get away from that sustainable downward track is a sharp decline in economic activity or a significant increase in new spending, both of which are possible at this juncture, which is why we think it's important for the government to be targeted and limited in the new spending it introduces in this fiscal plan. How does inflation affect all of this? We know that inflation is sort of an hour. It's still high. We're still at 5.2. But I think most people think, you know, if you go month to month, we're sort of where we want to be in between 2 or 3%. Um, government spending, of course, can contribute to inflation. And we're already seeing reports that there's going to be increases to GST rebates. So, so if you're government, what do you recommend in terms of how you balance these inflationary relief measures that you want to bring in without causing more inflation? The risk of stimulating inflation is one of the many factors that government should be considering as it releases this plan, and, and all governments should be considering this as they release fiscal plans. We've highlighted this throughout the last few months. Really what the research tends to suggest, and what we have suggested many times at Desjardins Economic Studies, is that inflation relief measures need to be targeted towards lower-income households, because these are the folks that are the most impacted by rising price levels. And when we offer support to them, there's also less risk that there will be broad-based increases in consumer demand that further stimulate inflation. So the federal government and many other governments need to keep that risk in mind, the idea that there is a potential to further exacerbate inflation, 
And the best way to avoid doing that is to keep affordability assistance targeted to lower income households and small businesses who tend to be the most impacted by inflation. What about um, decisions, or I guess they're not decisions because they're not within the government's control. Some of the um, spending agreements that have already been in place for, for years, in some cases, and I'm thinking of the alcohol tax, but there's, there's countless others that are tied to inflation that we know are going to see the federal government spending more money just because of that's the way that it works. How much of a risk is that? Well, all else equal, higher, more significant price pressures do put upward pressure on government spending. That's just something we've highlighted in the past as well, just that we may not necessarily have yet seen the full impacts of inflation on the cost side of the ledger when we look at governments. So all of this is part of the risk to inflation, and it, it speaks to, it highlights the need to keep new measures targeted towards those who are most impacted in the current environment with an eye to fiscal sustainability metrics over the longer run. And the other side of that equation, of course, is revenue. And we were talking earlier that uh, about a quarter of Canadians, when asked what they're looking for in this budget, they said tax relief. That's what they want to see. Uh, Don't look for that because that would be inflationary and it would reduce revenues, right? That's not likely, is it? Tax policy that assists folks in the lower end of the income spectrum or small businesses who are really impacted by high costs in an environment of slowing growth and high inflation. You know, that's something that we would support. We will, of course, look at every policy with a fine-toothed comb, and the devil will be in the details. But at a high level, targeting the groups, whether they be households or smaller businesses who are impacted by uh, this environment the most, that's something that we would be... uh, supportive of and encouraged by. In some of the bigger policy announcements that we're expecting, we don't know the details on them as much, but we know there's going to be a focus on clean energy, um, maybe electric vehicle manufacturing, things like that in terms of incentives and and tax breaks possibly. Um, How important is it to have a budget at a time like this where I think a lot of people are watching and waiting to see just what's around the corner fiscally because nobody knows. Um, to sort of lay out um, some of these things that back up the things the government's been saying, but at the same time not getting themselves into spending trouble. I mean, they 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 made some commitments, they've made some promises. Now they have to follow through. So, how do they manage both sides of that? We think that there's a role for the federal government and the provincial government in stimulating long-term economic growth. There is certainly a, posi- a chance for Canada to benefit greatly from economic growth fueled by increased investments in the energy transition over time. And so for that reason, we do think there's a role here. The other thing that's important to note is that the need for policy support in this environment has become more urgent since the Inflation Reduction Act was passed in the United States. This set of policies provides very meaningful financial incentives for investment in technologies that will help the U.S reach net zero emissions. And so against that backdrop, it's important that Canada remain competitive, that it acknowledge the competitiveness challenge created by those incentives, and that all levels of government work together to make Canada in the best position to benefit from this coming transition towards other forms of energy. Yeah, it'll be an interesting time. What are you looking for? What's sort of um, on your radar? What will you be watching most closely for when the budget is announced later on today? 
Well, we'll be, of course, looking at the headline fiscal numbers. And we're forecasting a larger deficit than the baseline forecast published by the federal government in the fall economic statements. Um, we were projecting as of our update about a $47 billion deficit in fiscal year 2024 versus about $30 billion in, in the, uh, the fall economic statement. So all the fiscal indicators will be important to watch. The other thing, as I mentioned earlier, is new policies, are they targeted towards the challenges that are facing Canadians right now, whether that is inflation relief that will truly assist the people who need it, and then also looking towards those longer-term investment, economic growth, and competitiveness issues that are presented by the U.S.'s Inflation Reduction Act. Excellent. Okay, Mark, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the insight, sir.